Now, back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning! On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. Take heed of the words from Commander Chuck. Don't get overconfident. You're driving. You don't want to get too cocky out there. Welcome back. Hour three of the program here on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day holiday, the Monday, January 15th, 2024 edition of Sports 56 Mornings, live and in color from the Family Leisure Studios. Family Leisure, where family and fun come together. Their floor model sale continues at 2120 Witten Road, just north of I-40. Greg Gaston, Eli Savoy, Zach Boyd with you. We've talked about the Grizzlies and all their injuries and their big day today. They'll take on the Warriors. The return of Draymond Green. I'm sure he will be welcomed with open arms and warm hearts from the Grizzly faithful. I'm sure. Absolutely, right? Maybe they'll throw snowballs at him on his way into the <laughs> arena. The um, Good to hear, by the way, that the traffic is still, people are still moving along out there. That's good. There was no, I did not see a single car off the road this morning on my way in. So that was good. I was, I didn't, and I saw plows. They were still out there clearing things. The roads were pretty good. I'd imagine they're, they've, you know, as they've continued to clear them, they're still pretty, pretty good for the most part. It's just a lot of packed down snow. So you can't go crazy on it. But uh, on the way in this morning, I did not see one car off the road, which made me happy. You were on, you were on 240 and then 240 though, right? You were on the, you were on 40 coming in and 40 then to, 240. 240, right? Not 240 to 240. I said 40 in the 240. But anyway, you were on the major arteries and you saw the plows. Well, I was on Poplar Avenue. I saw like two cars driving all the way here. I went Poplar to Ridgeway. Did not see one vehicle this morning as far as plowing or laying salt down or anything. Did not see one. Hopefully they're around though, but it's reassuring as you tell us, that they're out there on the big... And, of course, they're going to take care of the big arteries, first of all. As long as as you're sensible about it, it's not too hard to get around. No, it's not. It's snowing, and it's snowing pretty hard right now. It's 11 degrees. The wind chill factor is minus 3. The high today is 13. Can't wait till it gets up to 13. I'm thinking about Galloway for 18 holes today. Uh, Snow accumulations, they say less than one inch. That's BS from what I'm reading, because I guarantee it has been well more than an inch already. Snow showers tonight with a chance at 40% of continued snow tonight. Low near 10. Wind chill below zero, I'm sure. Then tomorrow, sunshine and clouds mixed. A high of 19 degrees, baby. Got a wind chill advisory. Got a winter storm warning and an airport weather warning all going on right now. So, again, uh, as the said, uh, the captain would say on Hill Street Blues, be careful out there. The old, the late, late great Michael Conrad. All right, so... And if you are uh, still going to make the plans to go down for the Grizzlies game, all of that stuff, just give yourself plenty of time. Give yourself some extra, a little extra time. Don't be trying to rush down there, all that stuff. Give yourself plenty of extra time to get on down there for the game today. Hopefully, people will still get that opportunity because it's always a, a great day, a fun day. Hopefully, you can go to the symposium, all that. But if you are going down there, certainly give yourself a, a little extra time to make the trip. And make sure you are... Looking out for pedestrians. And park I don't know what parking lots will be like down there. It'll be probably be a little bit crazy. <laughs> but I'm sure. I'm sure. but uh but but you know, again, give yourself some time, be careful, and you'll be you'll be okay. But unfortunately, and this is a nationally televised game, but it also has the, the local um the local TV with with Brevin and Pete and Fish, the problem's gonna be that that crowd is not gonna be what it would have been. 
and so it won't look that great on television. And it's not just because the team is playing the way it is. There might be some people, ah, I don't want to go down there because of the, you know, the fact that we don't even know who's playing on this team anymore. But you combine that with snow, and it makes for a tougher trip to want to uh, leave your warm abode and head down to FedEx Forum. I'm going to be going down. You're going to be going down. Hopefully uh, enough people go down to make it uh you know, nice, warm, warm welcome to the to the players who are playing. And again, those players who are playing, be careful out there, <laughs> folks. Be careful driving and players point, on the court. Please be careful. Jaron's probably going to slip on some snow and oh, be don't out. Say for, it. We've got in case you did miss it last night, folks. Uh, Desmond Bain will be reevaluated in six weeks. Jake Laravia three. So if you're if you're keeping track now, that means that the Grizzlies will be without four of their starters for at least the next six weeks. Two of them for the rest of the season, the other two for basically at least the next six weeks. Wait. So, so four starters down for at least a six week stretch for for the Grizzlies. It's a uh, it's tough times out there. Wait, now, wait, wait for when they uh, when they announce Taylor Jenkins will be reevaluated in three weeks. Well, that Thumb injury. Jason Mart should be coaching the team anyway. He knows these players way more than Taylor Jenkins does. <laughs> I guarantee that. Um, we got a text from Mac on the Sports 56 listener to 901-360-8255. He said, the basketball gods are mad that we have an owner who doesn't care about Memphis. Okay, let's just... What... Because people I, I get, people bring this stuff all the time. From an owner's perspective, like, or from a fan's perspective in, in about an owner... Why does it matter if the owner ever comes to games or not? If the owner is spending money and like I get it if he's being like really cheap and not buying not paying players or whatever and he's made your team terrible, but if he's spending money and your team's good, all that stuff, why do you care if you ever see the owner? Do you think that's the, do they say that in the text? That's the reason why they. Well, he says he doesn't care about Memphis. I don't know. Like, I don't know what he's, what he, what he, again, what, what are the indications he doesn't care about Memphis? Well, I, I think. Well, I can't speak for him, but I know there was a photo that came out over the weekend of his um, mansion mm -hmm. down in Miami or somewhere mm -hmm. in South Florida. Which, by the way, I, I had no idea he lived down there, and I'm sure he has ten houses. But I'm sure what they're looking at and what was said on Twitter because you saw it was that, look, he could spend all this money here and do this and put a full-court basketball with a jumbotron and all that, but he can't give money to the to the whole project for the um, renovations of FedEx Forum. So, therefore, he must not care. Well, to your point, two things. Well, he is going to be spending money in Memphis, but... Okay, and you can you can uh, elaborate on that in a second. But I'm just saying what, what you know the perception is out there. I'm not saying this is from me. But two things... To argue, number one, okay, again, not being at games, that's his prerogative. That doesn't matter to me. Heisley was at all the games. He spends more money than Heisley. Number two, they're still here. They're still in Memphis. He probably had opportunities to leave. I know there was the the ironclad contracts. Contracts are made to be broken. He's here. He's still in Memphis. Uh, I, I think there is a commitment. Now, will they be for 50 years? I don't know. So I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. But as a shrewd businessman or woman, what you do is you get people to pay for you, to spend money, to do whatever it is that's an advantageous contract that you make with your city or your county, wherever you may be, the stadium authority. You, I don't care how rich you are. 
You'd rather not spend a dime. But I understand why people are like, well, he hasn't spent one damn cent, and he's probably not going to. But you say differently. He's if they get this deal done, which and again, he they're trying to get a deal done with the arena to make sure they are staying here for the next whatever that's going to be thirty years or whatever. If if whatever that I can't remember what the, the 25, 30, whatever that thing's going to be. Why is it taking so damn long? Do they have a um? Do they have the they're blueprint to, yet? They got to try and get the rest of the money. <laughs> like they're trying to figure out how to get the how rest of the money. How much money are they going to ask for? The, the, the numbers, right? $550 million is kind of the number. Like, that's where it's going okay, to be. Okay, so it, has, it hasn't gone up. Well, it, it was way above that. They're trying to get it down. Like, they're trying to figure out a way to get it down to five fifty. So to it was way above work. it. So what was it? Near, think, near a billion? No, I mean, I think it, I think they've shaved about a hundred to hundred fifty million off of what they were. So what it was really going to so be? So seven hundred I mean, million dollars for a renovation. Wow. Yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're going to from what the original was, and I don't know how much the plans have changed or what how they've done that, but like it's the building's going to change a lot. So how much is he willing to dump in? From what you've heard, he's not putting anything into that. He's going to do a different project. Do you know what that project is? I do. And you're not going to say anything? No. Okay. Is it something that we're going to love? It's something for the team. So it's not something for the community? No, it's something for the team. Okay, well, he should be doing things for the team. It's his team. He should give him more than isotoner gloves for Christmas. Let's just put it that way. But again, I, I don't... He is spending... Probably... Because if they start paying the luxury tax, he is literally spending way more on the team than he should. He's given out two max contracts. Right. Yeah, he's not cheap. Like I, I don't like I don't see why people like he doesn't care about Memphis. Why? Because he doesn't come here? No, no, I, I think it still goes back to and was it Max who texted that? Mac. Oh Mac and Mac, you can elaborate if you're still listening on that, because again, I, I can't get into your head. But I would imagine that a lot of people looked at that photo that we saw and the quick reaction was, Man, oh man, look what this guy has, all the tools and the bells and the whistles and all that and he won't give crap to the project of the renovation of fedex forum he should i mean there's some people out there that probably believe that he should be paying for the whole damn thing which is ridiculous right but and this is why they're so rich because they're shrewd business but, people but that's like but nobody no team does that no. like that's like but you saw how much they're dumping in from the ownership and of the he's Titans. not asking for like tax dollars he's not asking for the public to pay this thing he's a, like Hell, they fought that. The city's trying to charge another $2 tax or whatever on their tickets. And the Grizzlies are like, no, we're not going to make our fans continue to pay that, pay another extra right. fee on top of this to pay for this stuff. But where are they going to get the money if it isn't coming from, from taxes? Because how much is left? What was it, 250 that the state gave? And 120 is going to Simmons Bank? So they gave 350 They gave 350 So that leaves 230 right? Mm-hmm. Two thirty, they know they're going to get from the state, right? Two thirty. If you're talking five fifty, and they're trying to get it down the five fifty, that's another three hundred million plus. Where is that coming from? Again, I, I mean, some of that stuff, like the you know they, that rental car, those types of things. Right. Again, but that's not the Grizzlies that no, were like, that's hey, the dude, state. This, this is the the city that is Isn't that's the part state? of their plan was to. As far as getting this extra money, now I I assume they're probably going to go and ask the state for more money. Right. I don't know whether they can get more money from the state or not. I have no idea as far as that is concerned. But the um, I mean, straight cash, homie, from the state, or are they looking at a couple of things that have to be approved by the state so they can again tax people 
maybe not directly like we're talking about state tax, but some things like rental car where they'll be able to make that money from, right? Doesn't it have to go through the state? Well, state has to approve it. Yes, yeah, but that's it was the city's plan. Well, no, 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 I understand. I understand that. That they, they, this was what they think, and they they have to go to the state to get approval of that right, stuff. Right, right. But that's not the Grizzlies going, hey, tax the people right, right. to pay for our stuff. Right, right. I mean, people don't understand, especially those who are pro-university and maybe lukewarm with the Grizzlies, that the Grizzlies are against the university. They're not. We had Jeff Crane... Was it last week who talked about the stadium deal? Maybe Laird, when we had Laird on, talking about the relationship that they have with the Grizzlies and how it's a great relationship and that the Grizzlies were all for the move to give them the $120 million. Like, they understood, but they got to think of themselves first. The um, texter says Nashville, Vegas, and Seattle won't have any problem with Paris House. They'll build them a new stadium. Yeah, I mean that. In the end, the the one thing the Grizzlies have that the university doesn't is the ability to move. Clout. They got the clout. <laughs> you, you can't like the university can't say we're going to move somewhere else. The Grizzlies can like they can use that as a threat to get what they want. Sure, and and probably and, have. And it's I mean the the price of doing business in the world of major professional sports is these arenas. After about twenty years, you either build a new one. Or you better you have to do some renovation. Again, the Grizzlies could very well be like Oklahoma City and be asking for a brand new billion dollar arena. They're not. Right. They're trying. They're do, they're willing to do a renovation, and probably half what it would cost to, to build a brand new one. So like they they could be a lot more demanding and a lot worse than what they are. Again, they could have stuck at the original. Said no, we need this much money or we're going somewhere. As it is, they're trying to get that price down as far as they possibly can to make it so it can work for everybody. They can sit there and say, no, we need $750 million. And if not, you know what we're going to do? We'll go find somebody else who will build us that stadium. From your contacts, do you know if if they've had this timeline in their mind of when they want everything done by and has it been delayed because we are talking about the summer of this thing getting coming to a head and now here we are in January of 2024 I know I, their original plan I believe was to start construction right after this season wraps up um, now obviously when it comes to the NBA you don't know when the season's going to wrap up now this, this season now is going to wrap up looks like a lot earlier than what they had originally planned. It's on really season, wrapped up already. Why don't they just do it here? while they're playing? But um, whether that is delayed or not, I have no idea. I don't know mm-hmm. what timeline they're on. I, I don't know how much money they need to to start the project if they have to wait. I, I don't know as far as that is clear. But I think the original idea was that after this season, um, they would be able to get started. Whether that's the case, I have no clue now what their timeline is. They are still shoveling snow out of the stadium in Buffalo. $20 an hour. Would you do that for $20 an hour? Not a chance. Sure, I don't know. For 20 an hour? If I didn't have a, what I mean, what's my job? Or I don't know, like, yeah. Are they asking me to do it for the hell of it? Or I mean, out in the elements for 20 bucks an hour? I mean, right now you could work at like McDonald's and get 18 an hour. $20 an hour to shovel, shovel snow in below freezing temperatures? I mean, God bless these dudes look miserable I, watching I used, this video. I did it at home for free. 
When I was a kid. Why well, the hell wouldn't I take? To. Why wouldn't I take twenty dollars an hour to do it? Because you had to, man. You had no choice. The Savoy parents said, "You better get that shovel out there and get to work, or you ain't eating dinner tonight." Town Village Audubon Park, nine fifty Cherry Road, just off Park Avenue. Senior living in today's world, offering more options to fit your needs more than ever before. They're dedicated to the long-term satisfaction and the quality of life for their residents. All they ask is that you're. 55 years of age or older, you can call them. You can set up a tour at 901-537-0002 or go online, townvillageaudubonpark.com. Find out more about them. Independent living for those golden years. Short-term respite stay available. Monthly options may be the way to go. Great event schedule, activities galore for their residents. Everything you need to continue to enjoy life to its fullest. Some of the basic services include monthly rental with no buy-in. Apartments include full kitchen, washer and dryer, all-inclusive resort-style dining with multiple venues, outpatient therapy, and some of the community amenities include a terrific social area that features a fitness center, home theater, game rooms, indoor pool, whirlpool, bistro, plus a dog park, gated parking, five landscape courtyards. Again, a beautiful place to be. For those golden years, maybe it's for you, for your parent, for your grandparent. When you're thinking about it, think Town Village Audubon Park. 901-537-0002 or online at townvillageaudubonpark.com. NFL, we're going to go over the games that have taken place. We're going to preview the games that will take place today. It's coming up next. Super Wild Card Weekend continues. This is Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk. Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio, we are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. It'll be a busy holiday Monday with the Grizzlies in action at 5 against the Golden State Warriors. And for your viewing pleasure, two NFL playoff games, the Steelers and the Bills in the snow of Orchard Park, New York. Buffalo a 10-point favorite, 3.30 kickoff Central Time. And then the Eagles and the Buccaneers, Bucks plus 3 at home. So a home dog in Tampa at 7.15. I'm going to guess the weather will be much better in Tampa than it is in Buffalo. But that's just a guess. Before we talk about the games from yesterday, and we did discuss Dallas earlier in the show. In fact, we started our broadcast talking about your Cowboys. Um, RG3 has come out. I think he has all the answers for the Cowboys' woes. He said, hey, fire Mike McCarthy and hire Coach Prime. So there you go. (laughs) Go from the 12-win coach to the 4-win coach, but that's okay. I want Mike McCarthy fired. I do not want Deion Sanders as the head coach of the Cowboys. You don't want all the shade? You already get it. You're America's team. Now, if we get Bill Belichick, it's a different story. So would that be your choice of choices? Belichick, number one? Yeah. Second would be who? Harbaugh? Would you Uh, take Harbaugh? I'm not. I don't really. I'm not. I don't know. That's how I care about Harbaugh. So it's interesting. You you bring in if you brought in Harbaugh, you got eh, kind of a quasi curmudgeon. You bring in Belichick, full throttle curmudgeon. You bring in Coach Prime, you're going to be entertained. You're going to have a lot of uh, focus. Not like they're 
isn't already on the Cowboys. I wonder. I wonder if Stephen A. Smith would would sing a different tune, even though he's a Philly guy about his Cowboys. If Coach Prime was the coach, I about just, not his Cowboys. He's anti-Cowboys. The um, obviously Belichick, like everybody immediately goes. But I just don't know that Jerry could be willing to give up enough, basically power to have Bill Belichick because Bill Belichick's not going to. It's going to. It'd be kind of back to like the Jimmy Johnson days, like Bill Belichick's going to want to do it and get the hell out of my way. I'm the coach. Um, I know what I'm doing here, and I just don't think Jerry could could live with that. But nothing, he's going to die soon. Nothing has worked since. Why not just say, listen, take over, take control of this thing. By the way, did you hear Jimmy Johnson's rah-rah speech? Mm-hmm. That was good. That was damn good. You understand why Jimmy Johnson was so successful, but... Why not allow somebody to come in like Belichick, just take over, clean because house? Because it's Jerry. That's Jerry doesn't want that. But he's got to be realizing, man, I, I don't have that many more years left on this earth. I want my Cowboys back in the damn Super Bowl. I mean, it's incredible the run now of not being in the po- not not being in the championship game, let alone the Super Bowl. I mean, postseason obviously, but not doing anything once they've gotten there. Tiger Steve, big Packers fan. Texan says, man, Eli actually showed up today after whipping that whipping by my pack. Yes. Congratulations, Steve. Uh, he says, I commend you. Tigers win, Packers win, and I'm on vacation. Great week already. Boy, this is, you know, if you're on vacation, it's a great week to be on vacation. Great week. As long as you're like, like out of town on vacation, like especially at a beach somewhere, you couldn't have timed that one any better. But uh, pack- I, congratulations to your, to your Packers. The pack is officially back, I guess. How about the NFC North? The Packers... Blow away the Cowboys, and then Detroit wins a playoff game. That's one of the signs of the apocalypse, is it not? Detroit beat the Rams 24-23, the one game that was close of the four that were played over the course of Saturday and Sunday. Jared Goff against his former team, 22-27, 277 yards and a touchdown. Matt Stafford, 25-36, of 367, two touchdowns against his former team, Lions win. Got to love Motor City Dan Campbell. The speech afterwards in the locker room, tremendous. And now they will host a second playoff game. It was, uh, that was just a cool scene. Like, I you, I mean, when they first, when they got the first down that iced the game and they showed the crowd and you see people like crying, like it, it, it just, I felt good. I felt good for the folks of Detroit. Uh, that was, it was just a, it was, a fun scene to watch and just for them to finally have that opportunity to celebrate a playoff victory. Um, that was good for them. Absolutely good for Eli, them. Eli, could you equate when we saw those fans in the stands, you know, the one 89 year old guy they were showing and other old people, can that, even though they didn't win at all, they won one playoff game, sort of equate it to the, the Cubs, the long suffering Cubs fans. And then they, yeah. Won the World Series. Those, all those old Cubs fans going crazy, fans crying. Have been waiting for whatever right. thirty, whatever years, just for a playoff win. Like I mean, just that you've been for many years a laughing stock, and it it now shows like it it's not only did you get to the playoffs, but you win a game. Like it's it's real. Like we can do this. Like this this organization is capable of doing these things. Mm-hmm. And so I I mean the emotion from some of those people, I can't I mean that's it was it was cool to see that. It's great. I mean the game was decided 
by the fact that the Rams could not get a touchdown in the red zone. Like, that was bottom, like the, the, the fact that Detroit went three for three in the red zone, the Rams went 0 for three in the red zone, that's what decided that game. Um, but like when they finally secured that and you see just the reactions and you see Campbell over there going crazy, um, all of the coaches and what they're talking to players and everything else, it was, um, that was, that was, and I'll say this, Matt Stafford, that dude is as tough as it gets. I'm guessing that shoulder or whatever he, he hurt was not feeling really good for the rest of that game. But that dude is either he's got his cut on, he's got the cut on his hand, his whatever's hurt, like he could barely move that time he's leaving because that hit, he got clobbered like three different directions on that hit. And that dude's still out there playing and he's still throwing some darts on some of those. He is. That that's a guy that I would want quarterbacking my team. Yeah, eleven incompletions. That's it. Three hundred and sixty-seven yards, two touchdowns. He's country strong. But Jared Goff wanted the payback against his old team. Five incompletions. That's it. Two seventy-seven and the touchdown. So a big day for the NFC North on Sunday with Detroit winning, with Green Bay winning, and then on Saturday it opened up with the Cleveland Houston game, and Joe Flacco. Great story. But Joe Flacco, who had thrown a bunch of interceptions while throwing a bunch of touchdowns for the Browns, their fourth quarterback of the season, he was not good. Two pick six sixes. Were they back-to-back passes? Yes, I believe so. I don't think there was a pass in between there. I think so it was two passes. pick sixes on back-to-back passes, obviously different drives, but also the Cleveland defense – which is weird because at home they're great, on the road not so good. And here they were playing in Houston and C.J. Stroud. For those who have not watched C.J. Stroud play, he is a star. 16-21, 274, three touchdowns. He and Jordan love taking it. The the NFL's in good shape. Even though we go through all these, they go through all these quarterbacks and they get down to the bottom of the barrel. When you look at some of the young quarterbacks in the league, you're where are the young quarterbacks. Just look at Jordan Love and CJ Stroud. But Stroud was terrific at Houston. I, I expected them to win. I did not expect them to destroy, absolutely destroy Cleveland. Stroud and Love both playing against defenses that were very highly ranked, both playing in their first playoff game. Uh one is a rookie. The other one, in terms of playing time, is a rookie, although he's been in the league. Mm-hmm. And their numbers are om- were almost identical. Both went 16 of 21. Both threw three touchdowns. One threw for 272, the others for 274. They're almost literally exact same numbers. Um, but Stroud, man, I'm telling you, like, that dude, I just like watching, like, it, the Effortless way which he can throw a ball like 50 yards blows my mind. Yeah. It is nothing. It looks like he's basically throwing like a five-yard pass, and the ball just goes. And he and Nico Collins have become just a hell of a combination. That team is – they're going to be dangerous. That That is – that team is – because the thing is, you know, you've got – because of what – you know, with getting Stroud – Getting Will Anderson, who's very good on the defensive side of the ball, you went and you drafted Tank Dell, although he got hurt. He's a, like you've got a lot of key pieces that are on these rookie contracts now for years. Like they could put other pieces around them. Like that team has a chance to be really, really good if they could continue to draft at all, like they have, 
and then put find a few pieces to, to actually spend some money on around these guys. You know, Laramie Tunsil, absolutely fantastic. You know, he's one of the guys they're paying. Like some of these other, you know, build some, put pay some offensive linemen, pay some guys, other guys on the defensive side of the ball. They got a chance to really become really good here over the next few years. He didn't have to block them all the time, but Tunsil did a pretty good job against Miles Garrett. It was awesome. Awesome. Like when it was one on one situations, he he won the battle most of the time. But you're right about Stroud. Stroud just flicks it with his wrist. It's a seed, man. He's throwing BBs down the field. Jordan Love is able to, whether he's scrambling a little bit or whether he stays in the pocket, hold on to just an extra second. Sometimes he's on his back foot and he's kind of falling backwards, but he finds the receiver. Sometimes it flutters a little bit. But guys were open by a mile, and he got them the ball. Some were a little bit behind, and could have been touchdowns. Ended up being a you know they were tackled. But I, I really like that guy. He's a leader out there. They respect him in the huddle. You could tell. Stroud is just fun to watch. The NFL is in good hands as far as young quarterbacks. But the Texans they maul Cleveland, and then the other game on Saturday was the game in Kansas City between the Chiefs and Miami. You talk about frigid temperatures. It was wicked, but it wasn't snowing uh, while the game was being played. And Kansas City wins 26-7 over Miami. Isaiah Pacheco, 24 carries, 89 yards and a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes, 23-41, of 262 and a touchdown. This game played out exactly what you said, Brandon Lang said, I thought, many, many thought. This is exactly what we thought, that Miami – and especially Tua comes from Hawaii, played in Tuscaloosa, goes to Miami. They didn't want anything to do with that cold, and it showed. Yeah, they they looked um, exactly like most of us would look. Being yeah, here. I would be you miserable. Know, like I don't want to be out here. This sucks. Get me to warm weather. Um, there, I, I mean, I just can't imagine like for a guy like Tua, like you just don't you don't see that very often, and. For the guys, you know, the Kansas City guys, and being at home, I think it was they seem they seem just fine with it. And um, Rasheed Rice had a huge game, and Mahomes looks very comfortable in that stuff. But yeah, those man from for a guy like Tua, oh, that ball had to feel like a just rock. <laughs> like, dude, what am I doing here? I can't feel my hands. I can't feel my toes. I'm throwing this rock around. What get me out of this? This that just has me miserable. Hey, Tony Dungy, the Chiefs won, even with Taylor Swift there. How about that? By the way, the I feel bad for like the pregame crew when they like when you got a game like that, just put us in a studio. Don't put us out on the field. Like do we do we how much is gained by them being on the field for the pregame show? Not much. Rather than a studio. It's twenty below zero. Put my ass in a studio. <laughs> I don't want to be out here on this field. I'm with you. I'm with it's you. It's hard to talk in that stuff. By the way. It was on Peacock, and a lot of people were upset that it was on Peacock. However, Peacock set a record for the most watched event on a streaming service, on any streaming service. 23 million viewers is what they averaged on Peacock, NFL Plus, and on NBC affiliates in Kansas City and Miami. Uh, the Nielsen ratings also reported Sunday night that the game had a total reach of 27.6 million. Fans had to pay for a Peacock subscription which started at five ninety nine. Now I guess you could cancel right after you watch the game. So you basically paid six bucks to watch the game. But how about that? It surpassed the previous record of fifteen point three million 
for the November 30th matchup between the Seahawks and the Cowboys on Amazon Amazon Prime. So that is so much more. I mean, 23 million compared to 15 million, surpassed it by 8 million. Well, it's playoffs, and it was on locally in two markets. It, yes, but what it also says is that, and we already knew this, important games, especially in the National Football League, people will spend money to watch. And so I think we're going to get more of this, not less of this, much well, more absolutely. of this. This is going to be, I mean, eventually it's probably all going to be streaming. <laughs> so, like, that's they, I, it, this is just where the world is headed. The NFL is certainly, you know, they, these... NBC and Peacock are paying the NFL a hell of a lot of money for these games. They're going to try and reap some of that back by, hey, we could sell a bunch of subscriptions to Peacock to at least get some of this back. I mean, it's just, that's that's the way of the world. And, you know, it's, it's yeah, it certainly isn't going anywhere. It's 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 only going to become more. I mean, people, I think like people freak out. People also freaked out when Thursday Night Football went to Amazon. It's like, oh my gosh. And now it's just like, you just accept it. You watch it. You do it. Who cares? I hate it. Now it's now this is the next thing. Now playoff games are going to start being on streaming services, and people are, yes, they'll freak out at first, then they'll just accept it. And you go, yeah, I guess it's just it's just the the price of doing business. Yeah, but like uh, Wolo said to me one day, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. It's like you can't flip around though. Once you're on Amazon, once you're on Hulu, once you're on. Peacock. There you, wasn't another game on. So no, I know, but in other situations, you just and on can't. On Thursday night, there's not another game you on. You can't flip it around. All right, when we come back, we'll look at the two games on the docket for today Steelers, Bills, Eagles, and Bucks. Saturday, as a matter of fact, speaking of Peacock and the games on Saturday, I was up at East Coast Wings and Grill. They had Peacock. They had the game on. Folks there were watching it, enjoying themselves, having a good time. All the games always on at East Coast Wings and Grill. They'll have the games today. And with that early game today, I mean, that's now you're talking two things that go very well together. That's happy hour and NFL football. Happy hour from 3.30 to 6.30, Monday through Friday, East Coast Wings and Grill. You got the game beginning right there at that time. So it's a perfect opportunity to enjoy two-for-one beers, food specials, bucket specials, all that, while enjoying that first football game. And, of course, you got the doubleheader with the second one. You got the Grizzlies game coming on at 5 o'clock as well. So that's during happy hour. It all just sets up beautifully over at East Coast Wings and Grill, located just off Highway 64. Kate Hyde Boulevard runs right there between Lowe's and Walmart. That's where you'll find them. Great food, great drinks, and all the games always on at East Coast Wings and Grill. You're tuned in to Sports 56 Mornings with Greg and Eli on Real Sports Talk, Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Be sure to follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to watch live video of our shows, stay up to date with station events, and have chances to win prizes. Don't miss out on anything that's going on. Follow us at Sports 56 WHBQ. Now back to Sports 56 Mornings. Good morning. On Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Here once again, Greg Gaston and Eli Savoy. The Titans have requested to interview Eagles offensive coordinator Brian Johnson for their vacant head coaching opening. Sources said the interview should happen at some point after the team plays tonight. Will they be eliminated or will they move on? Uh, Rappaport also reporting that uh, Bobby Slowick, Dan Quinn, Aaron Glenn, Ben Johnson all expected to be interviewed by the Tennessee Titans. All right, Steelers and Bills. Steelers last few weeks of the season played exceptionally well. The Bills are a 10-point favorite. They had a yo-yo type season. Sometimes they look great like Super Bowl champs and 
Others, they look like a team that shouldn't be in the playoffs, and it came down to that big win over Miami. They had already had a little help to get into the playoffs, but they win the AFC East. What do you think today? Uh, I think that the Bills win probably a close game because Josh Allen will turn it over a couple of times to keep the Steelers close. Yeah, I think the Steelers should be able to run the ball effectively. Najee Harris has run the ball really, really well last month of the season. I think the Steelers hang in there, but I like the Bills. If I was to play this one, it would be on the money line. I don't think they'll cover 10. Eagles and the Buccaneers, Bucks a home dog. We know what Brandon Lang says about home dogs. Baker Mayfield has been consistent. The Eagles have had all sorts of problems. What is the injury situation with them? A.J. Brown's out. A.J. Brown is out. Devontae Smith is in, though, right? Mm -hmm. And Jalen Hurts is playing. The finger's going to be all bandaged up. Do you think the Eagles all of a sudden find themselves? Uh, they could, I guess. I don't know. Like, I, it's, it's hard to figure them out. You know, the, the last game of the regular season, I mean, they really weren't playing for much. Of so the chances of the Cowboys losing that week were very slim. Now, so you could say, well, yeah, we were. You know, they played the guys in order to try and kind of get things straight out. But how much did those guys really care? Because they know that the game doesn't mean anything. So I don't know. Um, but they, there certainly are some issues. And with AJ Brown out, that's a huge huge loss i i really do not know what to expect i i wouldn't be surprised if the eagles come out and look really good and dominate the game i also wouldn't be surprised if they come out and look as terrible as they've looked down the stretch and get blown out in the game i I have no idea what to expect from the eagles nfl announced yesterday the schedule for the divisional weekend games although we don't know exactly everybody who's playing in those games but on saturday the 20th so this saturday 3.30 Central Time. It'll be either Houston at Baltimore or Houston at Kansas City, ESPN slash ABC. Then the 8 p.m., make that 7 o'clock Central game in the NFC. We know this one already. Green Bay at San Francisco. That'll be on Fox. On Sunday at 2 o'clock Central, either Philadelphia or Tampa at Detroit. That'll be on NBC And then at 5.30 Central, Kansas City at Buffalo or Pittsburgh at Baltimore. That will be uh, CBS plus Paramount Plus. That's your schedule for this weekend. Again, depends on everything that happens uh, today. If the the whole postponement of the one game to today would have worked out beautifully if it wasn't the Grizzlies-Martin Luther King Day game. Like a snowy day, getting the second. Oh yeah, <laughs> getting the second NFL game. I was like, that would be just that would have been actually just perfect for today. But then I'm like, well, that sucks because now it's like the Grizzlies game, and I don't, I don't I don't like it. But normally I would have loved this schedule: two Saturday, two Sunday, two Monday works out beautiful in most situations. But didn't it feel weird yesterday when we didn't have the early game? And you're like, ah, there's no football on. So I went ahead. It worked out great for me because I had a hustle game at 1 o'clock. So okay. it was right up my alley. Well, of course, the Tigers played. Now, I didn't call that game. It was in Wichita. But I watched that game. So I had the Tigers to watch. But I also then watched a bunch of different games. I saw a bunch of different teams play. What was the game? I, well, I talked about, um, I think this was Saturday. It was Texas A&M and Kentucky. So I watched a bunch of college basketball on Saturday and on Sunday. Saw some teams. I, I watched San Diego State and New Mexico. Teams that I'll never really see just to kind of get a gauge when the when the rankings come out. And then in the NCAA tournament, you know, assuming that uh, probably both of them make the tournament. 
where they'll be seated. It's like, yeah, I don't know much about San Diego State. Well, I watched New Mexico. That's Richard Patino's team. That's Rick Patino's son. Watch them, and they beat up on San Diego State. It was a real nice win. They're having a good season. And then I watched uh, from Saturday, Rick Patino coach St. John's against Creighton. We have a couple of buddies with Creighton's coaching staff, Ryan Miller and Derek Kellogg. And that was real neat to watch that. That was high-intensity Big East basketball. Big East has got a lot of good teams. They do, and every game is a dogfight. Maybe with the exception of DePaul, Georgetown, we'll see if Ed Cooley can get him going. It's going to be baby steps in his first year. Uh, There is some college football news that just broke. Donovan Edwards, Michigan running back, is going to return for the 2024 season. He had a big game in the national championship game against Washington, 104 yards, rushing, two touchdowns. He did it all early in the game, basically. Of course, the news yesterday with J.J. McCarthy going uh, to the NFL, Blake Corum is as well. So you would think Donovan Edwards will be the featured back next year for the defending champions, the Michigan Wolverines. Yeah, um, that's that's big news for them and whoever their coach is. <laughs> to have him back, that's, that's, uh, that's a nice thing to walk into. Of course... You're not as going to be as good at running back as Ohio State with Travion Henderson coming back now. So since that's crazy. Since we had Dallin Hayden on the show, they got Quinshot Junkins in the portal from Ole Miss, and now Travion Henderson. So I'll be interested to see after spring what the deal is. Now Ohio State will use two and three running backs. They've they've done it notoriously. But I just wonder where this puts Dallin. I think Dallin is a great running back. He showed off his freshman year for Ohio State. I didn't think there was any chance Travion Henderson was coming back for another year. I did not either. That, that really shocks me. I wonder if it shocks Judkins because it happened after Judkins made the announcement. I don't know. Just to, just to, um, yeah, it's it's great for Ryan Day and company. They also got the the wide receivers coming back, not Marvin Harrison Jr., the other dude. So they got some. But they have a new quarterback. We'll see what Will Howard can do. The transfer from K-State to Ohio State. Again, today it is a big day over at FedEx Forum for the Memphis Grizzlies at 3.30. It's the symposium where you will hear, hopefully all four are in town, Alex English, Calvin Hill, Ozzie Smith, and Renee Montgomery. They are the Legacy Award winners for 2024. They will be featured at 3.30. If you have a game ticket, you can go in and watch in person. Or if not, you can watch it on television. And then the Grizzlies and the Warriors will tip just after five. The return of Draymond Green after a 16-game suspension. They're adding players the Grizzlies are subtracting on a daily basis. (laughs) We'll see. Fingers crossed the Grizzlies get through tonight with nobody getting hurt. And again, if, if our calculations are correct, three straight games, they've had a player go down. And... Again, the news for Desmond Bain, who I I swear I made the uh, remarks on Friday to Parker Fleming and a couple of other guys at the game. We were talking about injuries, and I said, man, Desmond Bain's a tank, man. That dude is just a tank. He doesn't get hurt. Boom, he gets hurt. And then, of course, LaRavia, unfortunately for him, a chance to maybe show his stuff a little bit. Had a pretty good game on Friday. He is out for a minimum of three weeks. That'll do it for us today on this holiday edition of Sports 56 Mornings. Thanks to Barrett Salee for joining us. Tomorrow we're back starting at 7 a.m. Among our guests tomorrow, Jeff Crane from the University of Memphis. We'll talk college football with Blake Topmeyer, Zoe Goodson from Rhodes. We'll have Humdinger's trivia. It's all coming up tomorrow. 
Wolo and Friends on Sports 56 is coming up next, so stay tuned for that. For Eli Savoy and Zach Boyd, I'm Greg Gaston. Be careful out there. Have a great holiday Monday. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Like, be like.